You're listening to Fair Game with your host, Robert Smith. Well, it's a good day to have a good day, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the Fair Game podcast. I'm your host, Robert Smith. Today's guest has been the food and beverage manager at the Santa Clara County Fair now for about six years. He joins us today from San Jose, California. Folks, this is Daryl Lopretta. Daryl, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks for having me. Great to be here. Well, I'm glad I popped in on the uh, the IFE, the little um, Thirsty Thursday they were doing. Uh, got to meet you and several other people and recruit some folks to come on the podcast. If you can, give us a little snapshot about the Santa Clara County Fair. Kind of, you know, when does it run, approximate attendance, things like that. Absolutely. Um, well, two years ago, we, you know, we celebrated our 75th year here. Um, normally we would hit attendance from 40, 50, even up to 60,000. Um, our last fair open fair was 2018 and we just, we had record numbers. And so we were all, you know, excited going into our 2019. Um, unfortunately a week before that we had the Gilroy shooting about four days before our fair opened. So that kind of really, um, paralyze our community yeah they were even wanting us to um not hold our fair and our executive director met and he came met with all of us and you know we just said you know we have to move forward we we can't be victims to this and we also behind him and we move forward but um but this year moving forward so last year we we just did our lives our livestock fair and because um, these kids already had their animals and so we thought, well, what are we going to do with them? And so we decided to do a virtual livestock. Um, and that actually was very successful. We turned in one of our um, offices into, we had the live auctioneer come in and it went really, really well. Our numbers went, were good. And then this year we're like, what are we going to do? And we thought, because here in Santa Clara County, we are under one of the most strictest of the restrictions of what we can and can't do. Sure. Well, let's we'll we'll get we'll get on that here in a second. Um, before we get into all that, a little background on you. How'd you come to be involved with the fair? Oh, um, well, I've always been in um, I've always been in food. Food and people are my two favorite things. And um, so, a friend of mine was actually the um, associate director of food and beverage. So we used to have a company, Ovacious, that um, was here, an outsourced company that took all of our food and beverage. So then the decision was made to um, bring that in-house. So they decided they needed a kitchen manager. So, um, So I was brought in and we just started building up our department and, you know, planning all foods for all of our in-house events. for all of our, um, so when we have shows, all the concession stands, then we were building up when, um, so that's how, yeah, so that's how all that started. So then little bit by little bit started moving, got, you know, moving up and, you know, taking care of our rentals and things like that. So it sounds kind of self-explanatory, I think your title, but I don't want to make assumptions here. What exactly do you do as the food and beverage manager there in Santa Clara? Um, everything from A through Z, Um, you know, it's just on normal time, pre-pandemic, you know, just planning menus for all of our our events. 
We also rent our commercial kitchen out to um, small businesses who need to come in and do a few hours of and use our kitchen. We have a wonderful kitchen here. We also have space where we rent out to food trucks who need commissary. And so it's keeping on track of all of that, keeping our kitchen clean and in order, um, and, and mainly keeping up with all of our event orders. And that's normally, was, you know, of course, all pre-pandemic. Yes, we're kind of in a, in a world now where it's uh, pre-pan- pre-pandemic or post-pandemic. And uh, I, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what post-pandemic is actually going to look like. I, I feel like it's, you know, it's been a hell of a year. Let's, let's look back at that year. Take us back to 2020. You're cruising along. Y'all are planning your fair for 2020. And then the world gets shut down. All hell breaks loose. There's no fair. What are you and the folks at the fair feeling when everything got canceled? Well, so we got word from our county directors, I believe May or Thursday, and we had a huge weekend of the weekend of March, I believe it was March 14th, 15th, that all of our halls booked. I had 250 breakfast burritos ready to go in the kitchen, all this food prep, all this, and then all of a sudden, we just get the word that your shows aren't happening. And um, so we're just like, what are we going to do? I mean, we're just, and we weren't even at the fair point yet. We were just dealing with our current. So we're just on the phones, contacting all of our um, promoters, letting them know what was happening, you know, um, just trying to make sense of it. At that time, we still didn't even know the magnitude of what was going to be coming down to us. You know, we thought three, four weeks would go by and and eventually on we went. So most of our staff was asked to stay home and either a little remote or so forth, but um, with the kitchen and everything. So I had told my boss, I said, I need to be here. And he said, no, you do what you gotta do. And so and just keeping the kitchen and everything going. And, um, and then it came to about April or May the financial strings just really started to pull and some really hard decisions were made. So out of a staff of 50, about six of us were left. Wow. Yeah, and that includes all of our, our sales department, our coordinators, all of our fair staff. Everyone was pretty much all had to be um, let go and it was just heartbreaking. And at that time, we still didn't, we weren't even to fair yet. And so, um, cause we still had that in the back of my mind, our minds that somewhere or another, we were still gonna pull fair through. But then I believe sometime in um, late spring, the decision was made that there was not gonna be a fair. And then we all sat back and we were like, well, we gotta do something. And, and that's when Celine, I think you met her through our Thirsty Thursday. And um, she's like our livestock queen. And she's all like, you know what? She talked with our executive director and they just involved in livestock. And um, it just, um, it's amazing what, you know, you just, anything goes. And, you know, being at the way and, you know, we had to go to a small old town where they were able to bring the animals yeah, and do all the weigh-ins and stuff like that. 
Well, I'm glad you guys were able to do that for the youth livestock. That's the one one real consistency I saw across the entire market last year was whenever fairs announced on Facebook that they were having to cancel their event, you know, nobody asked about the magician or the juggler or the pig races, but they all wanted to know what was going to happen with the 4-H and FFA kids with the with youth livestock. And I just I think it's really a terrific thing that fairs have been able to get those programs off the ground. They would, they obviously didn't look anything like they normally would have in most cases, but I think it just goes to show how big a role our fairs, you know, play in the community and, and livestock plays in the community. Your fairgrounds, obviously there in San Jose has an important role. I mean, you're not the size of LA County or the state fair of Texas. You're like most fairgrounds, you're small grounds, but you play a really important role in that community. How has how have you guys been able to support your community during the pandemic? Well, we've been um, dedicated as an emergency resource center. So when this, um, so right after, so that weekend after we were notified that all of our events had to be um, stopped, all of a sudden we had a company come in and was saying that they were going to start setting up um, the a testing site. And so, um, so next thing we know, one of our big halls and everything was so new at the time. So they took over one of our big halls and so we're scrambling to assess them, assist them. And, but what made it so difficult is that all the area around it, around that hall, we didn't have access to. And so we're trying to figure out how we can still get our jobs done, take care of grounds, but yet we didn't have access to so many areas. And a lot of it was just of the unknown. They, you know, they thought for our safety to keep people, sick people were going in. It's just, you know, we, looking back, you know, it was just a lot of unknowns then. And then, um, so now moving forward, so then we came to a, a flu shot where people were able to come and get their flu shots. And that took over one of the halls. So now about 80% of our grounds is still being used as emergency resource center. We have our big, huge parking lot. It's still used for COVID testing. Our two of our halls are used for the COVID vaccines. Wow. Um, yeah, we have um, our main hall that's used just for your, um, your regular people. Our other hall was then used for um, all your first responders, um, firefighters, things like that. And then last week, they started opening that up for teachers, government workers, and so forth. And then our other hall, our third hall, is that um, is, is right now it's used to house homeless, you know, homeless oh, wow. people that have the COVID that, um, symptoms and so forth to keep them as safe as possible. So your grounds are staying super busy right now. You may not have a Ferris wheel lit up. You're not selling corn dogs, but by God, you are busy. We are very busy and trying to get... You know, so normally I try to be on the grounds now by six in the morning because that gives me an opportunity to run around and try to get things done that need to be done on the grounds. Sure. And and then um, I get my little golf cart put away um, by 8, 30 because it's just so hectic to try to get around through our grounds. I'd rather just be on foot or be on my grounds bike and pull around. Well, especially when you consider you're, it's just, as I understood, it's just the four of you now? There's um six of them. There's six of you. There's six yeah. of you now. That's a, I mean, you're coming into 2021 here. It's, you know, for, for 
context, we're recording this on Monday, March the 8th. Your fair runs, I think, as a, you said, the end of July, beginning of August. Correct. So yes. assuming that you get to have the fair this year, how do you even plan for it when you only got six of you? Um, good question. Um, <laughs> we're all, um, number one, all of us here, we're just, um, we're all determined that anything goes. Um, you know, a lot of us are learning. I've never, things that I'm having to do and plan now, I've never really done before. Um, but we're just, um, we're, you know, we're starting now and we're doing, and we've made the decision to do a, a, a drive-through fair. Um, so we have like the 20% of the grounds that we do have, that is the part of the grounds that we're, we've got roped out to do the, um, the, the, the drive-through at. So you will be doing a drive-through fair this year. Absolutely. That's what's already been planned. So you're, you're not even, you're making the decision and you're moving forward with that rather than playing the wait and see game to see what the government restrictions are. You're just going to plan what you can do for right now. Absolutely. Because we were, um, cause we were in that boat. We've talked to a lot of our neighboring fairgrounds and they're like kind of waiting to see as well. And we're like, you know what, we got to get this out. You know, we've got to, um, you know, just, um, take the bull by the horns and move forward. In fact, we were even in, I believe, Thursday of our San Jose Mercury News. They actually did uh, an article on us, and we were been on all the newses and the cameras going over the grounds and everything, and they've, and they've already been um, reporting on it, how we're moving forward and we're having our drive-through fair this year. And, you know, and, but the number's going to be very different because in our queuing, we're only going to be allowed, so we're only going to be able to be open seven hours a day. We're not going to be open. We're not going to be able to open up till four in the afternoon, and that's because of the COVID and all these people coming on the grounds. Got it. And so, but through our our, our queuing, we're only going to be able to get like two, maybe two fifty of cars through our. Um, through our, our, our fair pass going, going in. And so, but we're kind of excited and we're learning a lot and we're teaming up. You know, we also have another group here in San Jose that's um, our Christmas in the park. And they usually do a big, huge um, display in our downtown area. But because of this, you know, they ended up going to a small park that's called History San Jose and they actually did a drive through. So we're learning a lot from them, a lot of um, the do's and don'ts, more of the don'ts, yeah. <laughs> you know, and keeping, um, you know, keeping yeah. our city officials happy and, you know, but we're totally trying to be, we're trying to be so ahead of the game and letting everyone know up front. So if there's any surprises or anything they're concerned about, we just want to get them out of the way. So we, um, so we know we're, we're on the right track. They, they're comfortable with what we're doing so we can get support from them right. and, and get this off and going. Well, it's, it's interesting that you guys just made the decision. We're going with the, with the drive-through that was it. The decision was made almost every fair I've talked to is coming up with multiple tracks. You know, what if we're open this much? What if we're open this much? What, you know, what is option A, B, C, D, E? And I understand why they're doing it, but at the same time, as an outside observer, listening to the folks talking, it does seem like they're almost running themselves ragged, trying to plan for all contingencies. So I find it interesting that you guys just said, forget it. This is our contingency. This is what we're going with. 
does do you feel like it makes it easier on your end because now the decision's made there's not this wait and see game you can just move forward absolutely robert because we were at that we were at that um, at that fork in the road we thought okay we're gonna have two plans we're going to have our drive-through event plan and we're going to have okay if we're lucky depending on what our restrictions are and we get to open then we're going to then we can just veer off and do this this plan plan a and plan b and and then we're thinking you can't give a hundred percent to each plan when you're this when you're this scaled back and we yeah. just want this to be the best of the best and so that's why you know we made that final decision to do our drive-through and we're we're, we're already um connecting with other um partners it's it, this fair is going to be built on a lot of partnership yep and trying to bring people in get them involved you know, I, you know, I had a meeting last week with one of our, well, to go back a little bit. So our theme of our fair is experiencing California. So you start up by the Redwoods and as you go through the route and through that, you're just going to be experiencing different icons and areas through Interesting. California. Interesting. And yeah. And so as we, and then of course, as you, the tail end, you're heading out through San Diego. So in, so I've got um, a lot of the Silicon Valley companies to contact. And these are longtime companies, um, well-established. And the first like fear in their eyes are, we don't, you know, we just, we've been closed. We don't have these funds yep. to do what we like to do. And we don't want that to be, um, a reason for them not to be able to participate. And yeah. so like with one of them, I said, you have a warehouse, you got a garage, you head on back there and just start seeing what you can, you know, come up with, you know, where you don't have a, a large, you know, expense to come do this and just, you know, and find out what you want to um, promote and one of the companies, you know, they're coming up with, they're wanting to do a lot of things like October, um, November of, of events and said, arrange something where you're promoting that, advertising for, for that and put that. So make sure everyone can walk away with something in, in participating. Sure. Well, I, I admire that you guys just bit the bullet and made the decision. I, I don't think... Um, I don't think there's a right or wrong decision for fairs right now, other than I would say if they're sitting there doing nothing, that's the wrong decision. You got to be planning for something. And in some cases, they're planning for multiple things and, and multiple contingencies. Um, as long as everybody's pushing forward, I, I, you know, I don't think there's a wrong decision. I think the fact that you guys are now, especially with only six people on staff, are now positioned to say, this is what we're doing. And, you know, hey, maybe by July, things look much different and there are fairs happening and, and you sit there going, well, we could have done this, but, you know, as soon as you do that and you try to plan for a full fair, it's, that's not going to happen and you're going to waste time and resources doing it. So I like the fact that you guys just said, this is what it's going to be and you're going for it. Exactly. And one of our biggest fears, Robert, because even though the, um, okay, so say things lift up more, we go into a different tier our buildings are still being used for. The yep. COVID and those vaccines aren't going away. They're not going to be like, Oh, let's just stop vaccine distribution for this, you know, two weeks, uh, uh, blackout period for your fair. That's not going to happen. They're going to be using that through the end of the year. Exactly. And, um, 
So what we try to do in our dates and times, we really try to put like, was like the worst case scenario? What is going to be the least thing that we're going to be able to work around? Yep. And that's what we start planning with. If things do lighten up a little bit, things open up a little bit and we're able to, that's great. And we're going to be able to jump on it. But we're, we're just don't want any of the, the surprises. And, and we're working with our carnival people. We're going to be having them bring in um, like the Ferris wheel and things like that. Hmm. Maybe get some cardboard cutouts or something as there, so people can ride around, you know. So we, yeah. So and everyone that we um, worked with, everyone has just been so um, receptive to what we're doing, and and just wanting to be part of things. So that's also been really, really positive for us. <clears throat> so you guys are, uh, you know, you're scheduled later in the year. Again, we're in March when we're recording this. It was just announced, I believe that California is looking at some kind of a plan to get Disneyland open, that they're moving forward to start getting that park open. Within the world of California, for those people that aren't there, that don't understand just how big a footprint that Disney takes up in Southern California, is there, is there park, is Disneyland reopening or Universal Studios, the theme parks reopening, is that kind of a checkpoint in towards getting our outdoor events open? Like, do you, in the, in the back of your mind, think, well, if they're getting Disney open, we can't be far behind? Absolutely. And also, like for us here in Santa Clara County, last week they finally are allowing 25% of inside dining. So that was, that's, that was huge. Um, you know, they're, they're wanting to get things open, but they're still wanting people to be careful. Um, but the... The, the health department, everything is still like, don't, don't be taking this as a, a free-for-all that, you know, you can just run around. But that's very um, opening for us. And even though it's at 25%, and that's also one of the um, scenarios we did look at, say we were able to open, we're only allowed at that time, we can only let 25% of people come in how, how will that work in our numbers? And so that's another reason why we were so opted just to keep going with our drive-through event. But no, that's also a great, um, a great sign for these companies to be able to get up and get going. You know, they were saying Super Bowl Sunday, Valentine's Day, they were expecting us to have another surge after these two events. Right. We got through them, we're okay. So, um, so hopefully, you know, there's enough positive things going on with the vaccines and everything that we are just going to be able to keep moving without the numbers going bad and so forth. But no, that, but with the, but to your question, we are excited about those, um, those um, parks opening. And here in San Jose, we have like our great America. That's like our big hoopla. And hopefully they're going to be opening, be able to open up within the next um, April or May timeframe. Well, you sure hope so. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know how much longer, you know, I mean, even large scale businesses like Disney that have billions and billions of dollars. I don't know how much longer, you know, some companies are going to be able to hold out. Um, even within the fair industry, the number of folks we've spoke to that said, you know, yeah, we can, we're in okay shape to be able to cancel 2020, but if they got to cancel 20 and 21, you know, they're looking at, 
if they don't have a big 22, then, I mean, there could be some real, real problems for those, those fairs. I just, I think we're seeing across the country that we can start doing outdoor events that they're, they're being able to do them safely. Um, you know, our industry is primed to be able to do this. We've dealt with these kind of outbreaks of things before. I think we can do it now. Now the only question is when did the government say, okay, it's time. And absolutely. Knows? And, 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 and where it'll be done safely. No, yep. absolutely. So let's talk food here for a minute. You're a food guy. You've been in food and beverage for a long time. If I was coming to your fair for the first time, what is the one drink item entree and dessert that I would have to try? Oh my goodness. That's a, oh, that's a, that's a loaded question. You got some friends on the fairgrounds that are going to be listening and want to know what your answer is. Oh, um, that's, um, you know, um, some of it, you know, we have our, um, our pepper steak sandwich and it's just, it's been an icon here at the fairgrounds for many years. We even have a building that actually says, um, Angelo's pepper steak on the outside of it. Um, he, the gentleman had passed a few years ago. So through some talk and everything back in 2018, we caught a hold of a nephew or something and we, we threw it out to him coming back. And so, um, they came back and we were just at lines. People were basically coming to our fair just to get that sandwich. So that's one of our, our, our icon dishes. Um, you can't beat our, um, our country, our, our, all of our flavored lemonade booths, you know, they come in, they have all the big, they bring in all these fresh lemons and everything. And that's always a big crowd pleaser. Um, for our, of course, with our desserts, we have our, um, our, our fritters with all the, the ice cream and toppings and everything else you can imagine. Here in, in San Jose, we also have a, a, a churro booth. But what I'm they all do, about that. They say no more. I'm all about the churros. Churro. And what makes it so fun with these guys is that they they do they give you like six or eight of the minis. They and they give you like um like four kinds of toppings. You have your hot fudge, you have your caramel, you have your raspberry. You're just like you turn into a little kid. And um and so they're that's not also a big crowd pleaser here. I I'll take all of them. Yes, no. please. Amazon delivers, yeah. put them in a box and ship them. Let's go. <laughs> Absolutely. No. Um, I'm curious, what kind of impact is the pandemic having on your, on food costs that you're seeing right now? Well, I haven't really had to go out and see it since we're not having any events or anything. So I haven't had to go out and really purchase anything. Um, and unfortunately with this, the way that the, 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 te- the shots are going, that our commercial kitchen is right off of that hall. Mm. So we lost access to our kitchen. So our kitchen is now boarded up. <laughs> you might have ripped my heart out. Um, <laughs> you're telling a chef, you, you no more kitchen, you're done. Yeah, our executive director called me late on a Monday night and said, there's anything from that kitchen. So I was here like at five in the morning, the next morning, just running, just trying to grab things. But we also have a, a state house here. It has a little tiny kitchen nook in it. So I do some stuff in there, but um, but not. I, we can't do a lot. I I don't have the stove anything. Right. So I haven't really seen. And I'm I'm, I'm kind of worried to see what how the food costs are now, because I'm sure everything has just gotten to be outrageous. I know for meetings and things, I have to now farm out. I have to call and order food to be brought in. 
Yeah. And I'm noticing even on those small lunches, how the food, how the food bills are just gotten so insane. And, but well, you, know, you, you understand. But I, I'll, I'll give you this. We spoke with Dominic Palmieri on the show. You know who Dom is down yeah. with, with RCS. He's looking at um, anywhere from about 70 to 90 cents additional cost for a turkey leg. Wow. <laughs> you, think, you know, if you think they do, uh, you know, half million to three quarters of a million turkey legs in a year, that's yeah. a lot of, and, and they can put the price up a little bit to recover some of that, but it's not like you can just jack the price a dollar. The public's not going to, won't yeah. won't pay the full thing. No, that's exactly it. You know, and sometimes, you know, people just have the, you know, and of course it's not a hobby shop. You know, this is people's livelihood. Yep. And they, you know, and they need, it all has to make sense. And so um, I know what we're doing with our food vendors is that we're actually not charging them to be here because usually, you know, they have to pay for their spot, pay for this and that. And so we're really not um, putting that into our contract. We're just either going to be asking for like a small percentage okay. of their um, after costs and then what they actually sold something like that just to be you know so you're looking at you're looking at reworking your model on what you're charging your food vendors in order to make it work absolutely good and and but even some of our food vendors that have already seen on our facebook page and have seen that how we're doing this i mean they're already contacting us people are so eager and hungry to want to be you know to get back out to get going again and so they're already trying to send us their you know applications and information but with this drive-through of the 50 or 60 food vendors that we normally would have on normal fare with the drive-through we're just going to be limited to maybe 10 or 12 food because our um our route is i believe is less than a mile so only so much you can put in there um yes so what I've done is that we've gone through and we're just really picking top fair foods that are able, you know, that people specifically come to the fair to get right and, and things. And that's how we're having to do it this year. Well, it's good to hear that you guys are looking at kind of reworking your model on, on how you handle your concessionaires. I think everybody's model, you know, I'm an entertainer in the industry. All of us from the, the fair management to the concessionaires to vendors everybody is going to end up reworking their model. The model we knew, you know, on March 10th, 2020 is gone. It's dead. And we're going to have to figure out, it may come back, but it might be 36 months before it does in the interim. We got to figure out a method that makes sure that, you know, as an entertainer, it's probably not practical for me to go just, you know, either raise my price or charge what I was charging. Um, we may have to work out a different model. Same thing for fares in their concessionaires. It's not, not practical to say, here's, here's a, a rent that on this spot is super high. Oh, and we want to present. I don't think it's going to continue working like that. I think everybody's going to have to look for their own fare at what a model looks like for the next, say, 36 to 48 months. Oh, absolutely. And could we just need to get everyone, we need to get everyone back up we need to get everyone strong again yep. and just not in our fair people, but even so many of our small businesses here in our community, so many of them have had just to walk away and close their doors. It's just, you know, heartbreaking. Yes. Such our, our small mom and pop 
people, you know, you go on the news and you look at, um, they show um, all these um, restaurant auctions going on. Mm. I mean, good. It is rough. And, you know, we just, and people, you know, have hung on to the, and, and there's no fault of their own. It's just through the, the, the pandemic, the restrictions yep. and so forth. And, you know, and so many of them have been made to go by the plexiglass. So many of them have been required to go by all these added expenses. Yep. And, it, and then they're still not able to operate. Oh, and the cost of plexiglass has skyrocketed. Oh, I'm sure it is skyrocketed because we're, you know, I do a, a, like a Zoltar fortune machine and, uh, they're the windows in the box are not, they're open. It's open air. It always has been one to keep me cooler. And two, we just always thought it was kind of an interesting, interesting aspect of the character that they would look at it and be like, wait, is he, is he real? Like there was a, there was kind of a, um, a disbelief for the guests when there was no glass there. Well, we're going to have to put Plexi in now, you know, in order for it to be COVID safe. Um, when we first built that box, we were, it would have cost me about $45 to put Plexi in the whole thing. Now it's going to cost me about 95 to 120. It's, it is, I mean, I'll tell you what, to be in the plexiglass business last March, man. Wow. That's where we should have invested. Our money was in plexiglass companies. No doubt. And here in San Jose, it's even if you can find it, there was even a shortage. People were on waiting lists to be able to, to, to get their orders filled. Yeah. And I always think it's funny, you know, I go to the grocery store and they've got these big giant things in front of them, but from where you actually do your transaction, there's no, there's no cover. <laughs> it's no. like you spend I, all this money on Plexi and it doesn't, you know, it's helping you 10% of the time. Absolutely. No, that, that makes sense. It's got to make a little sense. <laughs> Just a little. So listen, in your time in, in food and beverage, What's something you know now that would have been nice to know when you started? Um, well, I guess the main thing I've, I've gotten away from this now is just, and I don't know if it's anything specific, it's just anything's possible. Um, you know, just anything's possible. Just always, you know, step up, conquer things. I, I think I, I'm talking, looking more at this as a personal level because, you know, we had so many, you can do so much more with less now. Yep. And, sure can. and, and just the, and you talk about the, the, the meaning of teamwork. It hasn't been any more than what we've experienced this past year. And because all in different departments, even to one of our little gals in, in payroll, I mean, she was out helping me load this dumpster once cleaning out one of our um, one of our patios that needed to get done. So, you know, I guess that's really what um, I guess I'm walking away from. And you know, and if and if you've got people around you on your team and they're not wanting to be part of your team, don't worry about, you know, that if they're, um, that you may be lost without their expertise or whatever, you know, you just keep moving forward and you'll be okay. Keep moving forward. That's the, I think that's like our rally call for the, <laughs> this whole thing is just go move yeah. forward. There will be a light at the end of the tunnel eventually. It's, but it's when we stop moving that, that we start having problems. Oh, no, exactly. You can't get paralyzed. Um, not knowing is not an answer. 
Yep. Um, and so, you know, a lot of Googling, just calling, talking to people. And people have been so generous with their, um, with the knowledge they know. We've been in contact with like one of our Santa Cruz Fair people. And he's just like, you know, call anytime. He'll send us, he's asked him a question. He's just so generous with this information or knowledge, anything he can do to help. Yeah. And we're finding that out through a lot of our um, people that we're able to connect with. That's fantastic. Daryl, listen, I'm glad I could get you on the show. We're just about out of time here. Before we go, everyone who comes on the show goes through a little series of speed round questions. So I'm going to ask you six quick questions. Everybody has the same response. They're like, oh, God, what's he going to ask? Six quick questions. And uh, you give me your best answer for each. First question, what's your favorite fair food? The Italian sausage pepper sandwich. Most enjoyable place you've ever vacationed? Avila Beach iPhone or Android? I'm not sure. What do you call this? <laughs> yeah, it looks like it looks like an iPhone. <laughs> it's amazing. It's amazing that he has a phone. He doesn't even know which one it is. That is awesome. You're my new favorite person for that. Uh, boots or sneakers? Oh, sneakers. Best concert you ever attended? Oh, Tina Turner. You can be a guest star on any television show, past or present. Which show would you pick? Um. I guess the Gong Show. The Gong Show. Okay, yeah. going old school. Daryl, folks want to learn more about the Santa Clara County Fair. Where can they do that? Um, you can go to our Facebook page, and you know, and go and 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 like our Santa Clara County um, Fairgrounds, and then you can get um, updates. And we're constantly posting um, all of our updates and our all of our current things that we're working towards, and keeps everyone um, updated on on our progress with our fair. Awesome. Daryl Lopretta, food and beverage manager for the Santa Clara County Fair. Really appreciate your time today. Thanks for coming on the show. Thanks, Robert. You've been listening to the Fair Game Podcast. Fair Game is a production of Robert Smith Presents. For more information, please visit robertsmithpresents.com.